The Tim Tam McFlurry is back at Macca's, now available with rich chocolate soft serve. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. This is Sports Day. Good evening or welcome to Sports Day. Julian DeStoop and Adam White with you as we've just watched an extraordinary day of cricket unfold at the SCG. Gavin Robinson from SEN Cricket is going to join us uh, very shortly as I introduce Adam White. We're getting excited. The new beauty, day five. This is going to go down to the wire. We've got cricket all weekend and in 15 minutes the whole game's changed. It is amazing. We saw an incredible test match in uh, in South Africa that was the fastest test match in the history yes. of test cricket, uh, finishing in the middle session of the second day. And it's not quite as dramatic here at the SCG, but very much nearly the case. I mean, Pakistan have lost seven for 68 in their second innings, with Australia losing their last five wickets for 10. So my maths isn't very good, but I think that's 12 for 78. <laughs> it's not good. We've seen in the last, the last session. It, it is it is uh, quite crazy, and I think that is now stumps. Yep, with Pakistan seven for sixty eight, leading by eighty two runs, and Josh Hazelwood's taken four wickets for the Australians. To four put for them nine. In strong, I wouldn't say they're in an overwhelmingly strong position, but they're in a strong position. What uh, what do they need the tail here that would give them some confidence they could walk, well, some confidence they could knock Australia over and maybe put some doubts in the Australians? What sort of total are we looking at here? I thought, Jules, when Pakistan started their second innings, if they had a lead of 175, they'd feel like they were a chance and anything over 250, they'd think they would win um, because the wicket's only getting harder to bat on and that's that's always the case at the SCG. Um, and it wasn't looking that way when I, I thought Pakistan bowled fairly ordinarily mm. to the Australians in that middle session. Once they took that new ball, it, it didn't really fall their way. And then, as has been the case with Pakistan throughout this series, just when you think they're going to collapse and, and just fall away, they kick again, get Australia all out, have a lead, and then they lose two for one at the start. They settle in again, and then they crash at the end of the day. It's, it, it's, it's what Pakistan does. What about that final session? 29 overs, 11 wickets fell. The last four Aussie wickets and seven for Pakistan for not many runs. No, they're certainly not going to get through their overs when they're spending two or three <laughs> minutes walking off the field all the time. Oh, there's some other things today that slowed the over rate down, <laughs> which we might talk about. Yes. Oh. Well, now what about... Well, they, they get the, um, the stuff that I put on my kids when they get a graze on their knee. That came out at one oh, point. But what about delay. Steve Smith, the bit of black tape behind oh. the... I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? I heard... I was listening to... I was watching Fox at the time, and Michael Vaughan and Ian Smith couldn't believe yeah. like, You've got to be joking. It, it's It's not... It's probably a bit too simplistic to say this. It's not good enough. No, it's not. You know, these guys need to understand, yes, you're playing for your country and, yes, you're playing for your careers and all these sorts of things, but you're also there to entertain. And I, I there are a lot of people that will say, oh, who cares about the overrates? I care about the overrates. I think a lot of people yeah, care about the overrates. Because you, if you are paying to go to the cricket, you want to see as much cricket as mm. possible. But also if you are paying for Foxtel, you are paying for a subscription, you're paying to be entertained. You're not paying to watch people dawdle between the overs. You're not paid to have guys have a five-minute break while they get some betadine put on a graze uh, <laughs> or get an extra drink because they're thirsty. Um, that's not what entertainment's all about. And I, I firmly believe that it, the, 
you know, test players around the world need to understand this. And you, sometimes you don't get an appreciation when you're watching on television the amount of delay these well, going you, on. Because you don't see a lot of it. Yeah. Or, you know, when they're between overs, the commentators are talking on Fox and you're, you're seeing some, you know, shots of the city skyline or whatever. You don't realise mm. how slowly yep. they're going between overs. No, nah, too slow. Have you got any thoughts? Uh, join us on the Harcourse open line as always. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 The temper text machine, of course. Zero four double three. 98-11-16. Um, just, I mean, we're talking about slow over rates. I must have been, I was surprised yesterday on breakfast over the last couple of days with Bryce when we spoke about it. We got a lot of calls and a lot, it does annoy a lot of people mm. more than I thought. Yeah. And I think it's the, look, I have some sympathy to the players from the point of view of that there are a lot more breaks in play now than there were say 20 years ago because of DRS. Yeah, that, that, that's out of their yeah. control. And also, you know, when they now spend, it's like a forensic investigation as to whether the ball hit the rope or not and those sorts of things. But where I have philosophical issues is when players are calling for a drink 20 minutes before tea yep. or they know a drinks break's 10 minutes away and they come out and get a change of gloves and all these sorts of things. It's just, I, I don't think that's good enough. And and I, as I said, you, I, you know, I go to enough test cricket to know, I know how long they waste between mm. overs. And I, I just don't think it's good enough. Gavin Robertson uh, does join us from SEN Cricket after an extraordinary third day up there at the SCG. Late, late drama has put the Aussies in an absolutely fantastic position. Pakistan 7 for 68 at stumps. They lead by 82 going into day four. Uh, Gav, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. And it has been an amazing last 30 minutes. I mean, seriously, it was I can't even... In fact, I can't find a word other than flummoxed. <laughs> yeah, that's a good word for it. So just that final sort of half an hour, good bowling from Australia, some ordinary shot selection. How, did, how would you sum it all up? I Just good pressure bowling, and it was, it was a chance of opening the door on, on inexperience. And we saw... Look, people say to you, oh, what do you mean test match cricket? Like, well, isn't it the same as all cricket? Like... They don't really... The actual word test is it's not so much about the game of cricket. It's about how do you handle it mentally. And we just saw four batsmen, you know, create strokes of where they've just made mental mistakes of just not being able to cope with the moment. And that's why it's called test cricket. But it was magnificent to watch the crowd. Oh, wow. I mean, they just literally... They went ballistic and and such an excited crowd. So, look, it was very, very enjoyable. But it just took me back to being a 10-year-old kid watching here at the SCG and, and just seeing how the crowd reacts. And um, I think tomorrow is going to be, again, a very interesting day. And so I'm looking forward to it, actually. It's interesting, Gab, you're talking about the, the Pakistanis just not coping with the pressure and that... I think what we saw in that last half hour was the difference between the two sides. I think yeah. Pakistan has a lot of talent, but Australia have that experience and that relentlessness late in the day to keep pushing until the end of the day, whereas Pakistan just couldn't go with them mentally. Oh, absolutely. Australia, I think they've handled it really well. I mean, we've had some up and down positions today, but when it's all said and done, I think that they're going to be able to handle it. I think they're obviously going to win this game. The other thing about it is, well, I mean, what if, what if, I mean, the two batsmen that are the most positive players in this Pakistan team are now batting, Jamal and Rizwan. What if they get 30 or 40 runs each? 
And what if Australia are then chasing 160? I mean, seriously, anyone that's got golf on or tennis or a day out with the family on Saturday, and that's the situation. I'm sorry. It's like, no, darling, I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck to watching this absolute drama that could be a movie. So what do you make of this pitch, Gav? It's doing plenty. It's only three days in. Um, as you said, you, you, by the sound of it, you think 160 is going to be a tricky target. Uh, how do you sort of read what this pitch is doing? Oh, look, it's up and down. Uh, if you hit the deck in the middle, it's you know it can stay low. And if you get in the wrong position as a batsman, you're going to be LBW. But when it's all said and done, you you know, I mean, it's, it's not as bad as it could have been in the... I've seen many many uh, wickets in the 90s, very bad. But look, it, 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 it again is an up and down wicket, which is what I think test match cricket should be on day four and day five. It, it asks great questions of the batsman to be able to handle the differences. And, it, it, you know, it's not just a normal game. So I think that's also magnificent for the crowd because from the batter and bowler, it becomes an absolute... Uh, well, it's a war between both. See who can win. And I think it makes it really exciting for everyone tomorrow. But, um, look, that's a great comeback by Australia also. They were close to being unbelievably under serious pressure. And all of a sudden, that pressure's changed. Uh, just going back to the pitch, Gav, I, I think it's really important that the SCG pitch does play like this because... We don't want the pitches to all be the same no. around the country. As it stands at the moment, three of the test venues have drop-in wickets. The SCG doesn't. You, you want it like a, a Grand Slam tennis calendar year where you've got different surfaces, so different players will be suited to different surfaces, and you want the game played differently. And that, That's what makes the SCG, I think, a compelling place to watch test cricket. Absolutely, and I think that you're... You're talking about, um, you know, we've become so we've become so technically professional in how we prepare yeah. cricket wickets and grounds, etc. I think that we've also lost the unique part of the game, Test match cricket. Example um, in India, the ball can turn square at times, and also Pakistan. But um, Sri Lanka is famous for very much a lot of turf but a lot of shape with for medium pace bowling uh, England used to be like that look at England now I mean the wickets there are completely different to what they were 20 years ago so I suppose you know we are talking about a very different framework in test cricket that's all become very much alike so I don't think we, we, we've got to remember test cricket is about keeping the interest in the game for the people to leave the lounge room and come and watch the game or listen to it in the garage whilst they're working. Former Australian spinner Gavin Robinson joins us on Sports Day as we go through day three of the third test between Australia and Pakistan. If you're just joining us, Pakistan 7 for 68 at Stumps. They lead by 82 going into day four. One of the, I guess, interesting incidents uh, earlier on in the day was Steve Smith being bothered by a little bit of black tape behind the sort to the side of the side screen. The commentators on Fox couldn't believe it. They thought it was a little bit over the top from Steve to to be worried about that. What did you make of that? Oh, is, is it being a little bit rude to say it's just clinically ridiculous what he does at times? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a bit I'm over the dad, top. If I'm a dad, right, if I'm a dad and my, you know, my... 
my son's doing the lawns and he's not doing the edges correctly or different things like that. You can get a little bit worried as a father and, my, and do and say stupid things that your son, who's now 28, brings up and you have a bit of a laugh at. But I have to admit, <laughs> it was very, very difficult to act serious on air today and then go out into the canteen or grab some lunch. And I'm telling you, there was just so many people giggling about it. Now, are we giggling about it with Steve Smith? No, but we're just giggling about the fact that he decides to come up with that idea in his mind. He is so serious about the game. I don't have a problem with that, but I just found that ridiculous today. How's he going, Steve Smith, yeah. do you think, Gav? I mean, he's he's not going badly because he's contributed throughout this series, but he's not getting the big scores that he, he once was. And and it's not coming easily to him, it feels, watching. How do you think he's going? If I was coaching him, I, I'd ask him to let go a little bit. I would just say, forget about your age and just stop for a minute. And forget about the stress that you put under yourself in it. And just go back to, oh, wait, let's simplify this game a little bit. I know what I'm doing. Just back the simple things, which I can do very well, and do it consistently and stop overthinking. And I think he'll find two things. He will do very well, but he'll also start to learn the art of enjoying very much what you do when you totally understand what your art form is. And the other thing he'll do is he'll learn a lot about getting a bit older in life and learn a little bit of, um, you know, once he does finally give the game away, a lot of these things that he learns late in his cricketing life will benefit him in an afterlife. And these are some of the things that don't get spoken about. I mean, there's a lot of people listening right now that go through numerous stressful work moments um that you know they can be um they can be sacked they can be they can lose something they can get to the date where they know the end is coming but it's about using all of those learnings from your past and learning to be able to do your job as a batsman or you know a truck driver or a plumber do it as a daily routine do it well and relax and i really hope that steve smith in the last few years of his creating career doing that, to be honest. Well, he should be savouring every moment, shouldn't he? He's done everything in the game that you'd want to achieve. And uh, who knows how much longer it's got to go. Travis Head's not the sort of guy that gets as uptight as uh, Steve smith Gabbity. He, he needs some runs. Yeah, he's, he's looked a little bit indifferent, to be honest. And, um, I mean, I think, you know, it's great to have a free-flowing batting style. But the only time that is questioned is when when the deck starts to do a little bit, be it it's not so regular, be it it's up and down sometimes. And, you know, that's the only time I see him losing, you know, his rhythm of the game and ownership of batting because when it's a really, you know, common good deck that he's used to batting on, ball's coming on, he knows what's going on. From a bowling perspective, he owns you. But when the pace changes... And the bowler was thinking, well, he's not probably as confident. So, And we're seeing that in the last few weeks. Look, I, I have trust in Travis Head, who he is as a player. I think he's way good enough. I always think he's a number five or a number six batsman. But, you know, let's just teach him a few things. These are the things many people learn in the middle of their career. They just learn 
And yeah, let's hope we see, you know, the best of him over these next five years. So Pakistan leads by 82 with three wickets in hand. They've still got two guys at the crease that can can get on with things quickly, as we discussed earlier. What what's a lead that'll make Australia nervous batting a second time? One fifty. Let's be really straight about it. I mean, you know, one ten should be right. One fifty, one seventy is. I'm telling you, it's it's just danger land. I think it's on for young and old, to be honest, this test match. And I think my perception is Jamal will come out and Rizwan, they're going to be incredibly nervous for that first hour. Or actually, not nervous, but aggressive in that first hour and try, because they're going to have the wicket at its best and the ball at its easiest. And I think they'd really be trying to score 60 to 70 runs in the first hour. That, that would be the aim. Just before we let you go, Gav, we've got to give some credit to Amir Jamal. What, what a series he's having. 18 wickets that he's taken. Uh, as I heard Pete Lawler on the coverage saying, it's the best on debut by a Pakistani in a three-test series to take 18 wickets so far. Six for 69 today from his 21.4 overs. And obviously uh, pretty handy with the bat as well. Uh, it's been a very, uh, a very promising series from this young man that was playing great cricket in Australia. Well, just for any young people out there who are having you know, a tough time and they're growing up part of cricket, not doing well. And just remember, you just spoken about Jamal, who's somebody who has spent seven to eight years going up and down, being dropped, not getting opportunity, not being thought of. And what he did in that time was he spent time travelling, playing hard and learning a lot. So we're seeing a, a guy who's come into test cricket and he doesn't look like he's guessing it looks like he knows his own game and he doesn't worry about the pressure and he goes and delivers. But remember, you don't get given it. You've got to go and learn it like any apprenticeship and he's already done that too. That's what we're seeing now and it's a great lesson for young cricketers out there, to be honest. It is. It's, he's certainly been a find. Uh, Gavin, it's been a great test match so far and uh, I think there's a few twists and turns to come on day four. Enjoy and thanks so much for your time. Take care, guys. Go Australia. Go Australia. Gavin Robinson joined us thanks to APCO. Skip the queue with the APCO app. With the APCO app, pay for petrol from the comfort of your car or pre-order food and drinks. Now, Adam, you went viral today. Viral with one of your tweets. That you, Social uh, media phenomenon. You are an absolute... I, I think the word we're looking for is influencer. <laughs> oh, please. Smith, and particularly Labashane, must be better at getting off the field quickly after being dismissed. Bowlers are allowed to bowl good balls or set good fields to get you out. Standing there in disbelief like, how could you possibly get me out isn't a good look. No, it's not. It's disrespectful. I'm and it's slow. Else. It's slow. Get off too. the ground. But once you're out, you're out. Mm. And I think Manus Labashane has done this for quite some time. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm out. How dare someone get me out? I'm, I want to bat all day. I don't want to go off. It's like when your parents tell you you've got to come in and have dinner uh, when you're playing in the backyard and you want to just keep batting. Well, no, Marnus, someone's got you out. So get off. It's someone else's turn. And I think that Steve Smith does it a bit too. You know, with, Steve's got all sorts of idiosyncrasies that are frustrating to watch. Mm. But I thought today when they set a field for him and said, okay, Steve, I dare you mm. to try and hit through this offside trap. I dare you. It was embarrassing, wasn't it? And first ball, he's mm. danced down the wing, given himself room, tried to hit the ball over the top of the trap, hit it straight to the trap, and then sits there with his hands on his hip saying, oh, look at the pitch. Well, we know the pitch isn't easy to bat on, mm. so why are you playing that shot? Mm. 
Well, that the whole the reason pit, why they put the trap it there wasn't was the pitch that got the, you out. That's right. Mm. The whole reason they put the trap there was because it was hard to play the shot that he ultimately mm. tried to play. But I feel that it's a thing that both Labashane and Smith, it's a bad habit they've got themselves into. I'm not saying it's the worst thing in the world. No. It's not. But it's it's kind of emblematic of a of a team that at times is hard to like when they do that sort of thing rather than showing the, the I believe, the appropriate sportsmanship to say, that's got me out. Yep. I've got to get off the ground. Mm. Someone else's turn. Mm. That's it, all. It looks hard work at the moment. I'm glad you asked that question to Gavin Robinson. It looks hard work for Steve Smith at the moment. It does. And I, I said this a couple of weeks ago on Sports Day that I feel that, that Steve Smith needs a new challenge or it's it, it's not coming to an end, but it's not as it was. Mm. Now, he set such an incredibly high yeah. bar as a cricketer, averaging way over 60. It's now back to, I think, about 57. But I, I feel to me that he's he's struggling for motivation, he's struggling for a new challenge, and I think that's one of the reasons why, don't worry about what anyone else is saying about Steve Smith, he's generating it himself. He wants to open the batting. And I think one of the reasons he wants to open the batting is to give himself a fresh challenge, uh, some a fresh motivation to try and almost kickstart or re-energise the back end of his career. Is it the right move for I don't the team? Is it the right move for the uh, team? I don't think it's the right move for him and I don't think it's the right move mm. for the team personally. But he not need but is a fresh challenge not a good thing for him? And therefore he, and he A and B he'd be capable of doing it? Oh, see I'm not sure he would be capable mm. of doing it. Uh, most people would say he is, so I'm probably in the minority there. My personal view is that the opening position that is now vacant after this test match should go to a specialist opener. It's that, not going to though. View. We are being conditioned that that is not going uh, to happen. I don't, I'm Listening not so sure about that. You, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Andrew McDonald said a few things that have suggested. Oh, he keeps oh, throwing oh, out that, you know, oh, 50% of our openers have not been openers in recent yeah, years. Oh, and I think they're open to looking at it, but using players like Langer, and Kawaja as recent examples of players that weren't openers that became openers. Well, they batted number three. This is, Cameron Green is a, yeah, is a, a good four, point. five, or six. No, a four a at point. first class cricket, a six at test cricket. I think it's a significant jump for him to think that he's good enough to be a test player without trialing it. Um, Steve Smith, again, hasn't trialed it. Well, it's all well and good. I mean, he's one of the best players of all time, but he's never done it. Uh, my, my view is you would give it to someone that has at least done it. Or if Cameron Green, they want him to do it against India next summer, go and do it for five Shield games mm. before next summer starts, and then we'll know whether you're good enough to do it at that level, which will give you the confidence to do it at the, the test level. Let's get to Tony in East Bentley, who's joined the conversation. You can as well, one 736 736 on the Harcourt's open line or 40 winks at temper, 0433 98 uh, Tony wants to talk about Steve Smith. Uh, evening, Tone. G'day, Matt. Matt, just want to touch on your further comments with uh, Steve Smith. Could age be catching up with him? And what I mean by that is he may be losing just 1% or 2% in his eyesight that when you're playing test cricket, that counts for mountains of yeah, I'm, possible yeah. mistakes that he could be making. And it's just father time catching up with him. Not well, motivation. Not, He's trying, yeah. trying. And, and I remember Boone, Chapel, they just lost a little bit of their eyesight and they were gone. And they knew they were finished. Yeah, my, my view on that is I understand exactly what you're saying. I don't think it's necessarily that with Steve. I, I feel feel that... And Gavin Robertson was talking about this a little bit before. He's so intense as a person and as a player. 
I just wonder whether he's just got a bit mentally tired. And he, they, these guys have had massive years. Um, and Steve Smith is someone that not only played the Ashes, you know, the Tour in India, the World Cup. Um, I, I just think I think he might be a bit tired. Um, but whether his career's tired, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I'll, I'll read you the quote he's read out of from the ABC tonight after play, uh, after the break. Join in the conversation, one 736 736 This is Sports Day for Kia. Epic has arrived, the all-electric Kia EV9. And Maccas, the chicken Big Mac, is back at Maccas. We're chatting day three of the cricket. Got some uh, sports updates from around the country as well. Some interesting tennis matches going on at the moment. Uh, featuring some Australians at the Brisbane International. We'll update you that after the break. But uh, it's been an extraordinary day of cricket at the SCG. Uh, we'd love to get your thoughts after the break. The Tim Tam McFlurry is back at Macca's. Now available with rich chocolate soft serve. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day. Julian DeStoop and the social media influencer, the man that's got the social media in a flummox today, Adam White, uh, joins me as well. Uh, Ryan, off the tempers, very happy with you. Amazing call, Reece Smith and Labashane. Couldn't agree more, says Ryan. You can join us on the Harcourts open line for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourts. You're joining us thanks to Kia. Epic has arrived, the all-electric Kia EV9. And Macca's the chicken. Big Mac is back at Macca's. Uh, before we get to Tim and Mark, Steve Smith on the ABC tonight. Post-play, I'm actually happy to go to the top. Yeah, I'm pretty keen if that's what they want to do. I'm sure the selectors and Ron and Patty will have a chat after this game. But, yeah, I'm certainly interested. Do you think they've made the decision already? Uh, no, I don't think You don't have. think so? I think they – no, I don't – I think they are hesitating because I think if they knew who it was going to be, they may well have announced it already or you'd know in the team. And I think that the fact that Steve Smith is even saying that now, mm. uh, and he is part of the, the leadership group, he's True. Been part That's of the team point. for a long yeah. time. If he's saying, so what are they, hey, I'll what, do it what are they not they sure about? It. That's a very good question. I, because I don't think anyone is jumping out of the trees to say, pick me, outside Cameron Bancroft, who has done very well in the Shield cricket this year. But where he's got his runs have been probably mm. more batter friendly than, say, someone like Marcus Harris, who's had some difficult times mm. at the MCG. They played up in Queensland in Mackay where things were a bit difficult. Um, the Adelaide Oval just before the break, again, a, a wicket that was really hard to bat on. I think it's really hard. It's very, it's really hard to put, put them all together and yeah. work out, mm. you know, what, who's who in the zoo and, and where they're doing it. It's very easy for people that don't watch Sheffield Shield cricket to just get go to Google and, and look at the numbers. Get, get the numbers. Yeah, of course. Because if you did that, you'd pick Cameron Bancroft. Mm. But it's not as simple as no. that. And I think people need to remember that Cameron, uh, that Marcus Harris has been the incumbent for the last two years. He's gone on to as outside of India. He's gone on to as to be that backup batsman, that concussion sub batsman. Mm -hmm. um, he was. He's always been there, waiting in the wings for when David Warner lost form enough to be replaced. Now, in the end, he stayed in there. Um, so I don't think Harris has done enough wrong to just all of a sudden fall off the queue and say, no, he's not good enough. He's not going to get that opportunity. But I think the the thing that's made things a little bit more confusing for the selectors is they didn't really want to 
have Cameron Green out of the team. They That's see right. him as a generational yes. talent. Yes. Now, the only reason he lost his spot in the team was because he got injured in the Ashes. Yeah. Marsh came in. And it's done beautifully. And they had to keep him. Yeah. Um, so they they could see Cameron Green being a number four. So I guess they're feeling if he could be a number four, could he be a number mm. one? Now, we were talking about this before the break. I, I it's, it's uncomfortably with me that you would just put someone in to open the batting for your country who's never even done it for your state. I find that a bit hard. Mm. Um, and that would be what they would do if they gave it to Cameron Green. Now, Steve Smith, he's, you know, top five best bats of all time. He could probably do anything. Yeah. But is that just a short-term mm. solution uh, feels to a bigger it. problem? Yeah, feels it. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I've got an observation about Mitch Marsh. I'll, uh, I'll throw it at you after we speak to a couple of callers here on the Harcourt's open line. Uh, Tim in beautiful Doreen. G'day, Tim. G'day, Julian and Whitey. Good to hear you guys um, chatting some cricket. Um, what do you got for us, mate? And, well, just a, a bit of an observation. So <clears throat> um, yesterday, the game, and I guess the discussion's been around the demise of Test cricket the last few days, and sometimes the game's its own worst enemy. So yesterday, they went off for bad light in the middle of the day. Um, today, we were set up for a cracking finish, I reckon, tomorrow. And unfortunately, play's gone past that 5.30 cutoff where they're playing the extra half an hour. And in fading light and shadows on the pitch, Hazelwood's gone through um, Pakistan and effectively ended the contest. And a similar thing happened at the G when we were set up for a, an exciting last day with Pakistan maybe needing about 100 runs, five in hand. And then there was like a, a batting collapse past that 5.30 cutoff, fading light, tail enders coming into face, express pace. I feel like the game's its own worst enemy. So, you know, you had experienced batsmen yesterday, Smith and... Uh, I think it was Slavishane was still in at that point was, in time. Yep. yep. And they could, you know, they they weren't able to face the ball in the middle of the day, and yet we expect tail enders to come in after five thirty and and face the ball. So I just feel like sometimes, hopefully I'm wrong, and hopefully tomorrow is a cracking day and it's a real nail biter. But I don't think so. I feel like um, Australia will wipe out the Pakistan tail end in a couple of overs tomorrow and and get the runs easily. But yeah, I feel like that sometimes the the rules of Test cricket stop it from being a great contest. I don't know if you agree or not, but I just sort of put it out there. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And I, I love cricket more than most people do, but it frustrates me some of the things that happen. You know, you might have a rain delay and you come on for half an hour and then you come off and have lunch. Exactly. Um, there's not, there, needs to be more, sorts of there needs to be more flexibility yeah, when things like that happen. They, they, they decide they'll play, but they won't start for another 45 minutes when the ground's clearly good enough to play and they've got to you know, get it perfect and all these sorts of things. They're the sorts of things that, that frustrate me and the bad light situation yesterday was Farcical. a clear farce. That yeah, was a was. farce. Um, today, I mean, look, the difference is that the, it was bright. I mean, there were shadows, but it was bright sunshine. So you, and you can't criticise them for going off for bad light and then extending play to make up from overs yeah. they've lost. See, to me, I, I've talked about this on the coverage in the Perth test. I'd like there to be, now Jules, you love your world game, soccer, mm-hmm. football, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, where you have stoppage time. And yeah. you, you then play your 90 minutes and then your stoppage time. I'd like it to be whether the umpires or the third umpire or even the match referee wants to have a stopwatch. That whenever there is a stoppage yeah. for, oh, a, that makes for sense. a drink or for a change of gloves or for a um, an inspection as to whether the ball hit the rope or not, mm-hmm. a DRS, all those sorts of things, the stopwatch is put on that. And if at the end of play there is 25 minutes worth of stoppage time, I think that makes you sense. play that 25 I minutes. I like that. And that might get us closer to our 90 overs in a day 
but all, which also means there is more cricket to be played. So all that dead time. So if someone's got the, has to go and get the black bit of tape off the sight screen like we had today, go and do that. Yeah. But when our, our, we're not our losing fans, cricket we're not over going it. to lose cricket yeah. over it. We'll just play it at, at the end. Yep. Yeah, don't mind that. Uh, let's get to Mark in Sydenham who's joined us. Hello, Mark. G'day, guys. Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, you too, mate. Yeah, um, I can't think. When was the last time a test in Australia 14 wickets fell in a day? Because obviously both sides are struggling to bat on this pitch. And I'd like to know the last time that there were two tests that the ball dominated the bat. Because obviously India and South Africa, we had 23 wickets (laughs) fall in a day. It's just remarkable. And I'm going to disagree with that other guy. I I think Australia are going to be as nervous as hell chasing these runs because this pitch is not easy to bat on at all. Um, I love test cricket. And I think there's just an evolving story here. And it's just bloody magnificent. I've got some terrible memories of, as a kid, of Australia in fourth innings. Small totals. Yes. Remember SCG against South Africa? Farney, Farney De Villiers. De Villiers yep. Damien Martin shot. Yeah, yep. Oh, we were terrible yeah. back in the day. And, and that created some real um, skeletons in the closet, if you like, for, mm. for quite a while after that. Um, look, there was the test match here in Brisbane last that's summer. Good. That's the one that I thought South of Africa, when uh, Mark was saying that. Days. Yeah, on yeah. green top. Yep. So, look, I think there's a – I mean, today, that the last session, 78 runs and 11 wickets, which is, which is unheard of. Mm. I do feel that – one of the things that is happening with the proliferation of T20 cricket, uh, players don't have either the technique or they don't have the patience patience and resilience mm. to stick through a difficult yes. period. Yep. That it's better to go, oh, you know what, I'm going to hit out or get out or I'm going to take the game on because it's hard rather than actually bunker down and fight through a tough period. I think it's a bit of that is T20 cricket. I also think it's a generation. I was going to say. I think the, I'm going to sound like a really old man here, but, oh, we the, are. but the people that are under the age of 30, they don't have that same level of resilience mm-hmm. as older generations. So they do. So I think, and I do think that is quite emblematic when it comes to cricket and batting is that it gets a bit hard. Yeah. I think there's a bit in that. Let's get to uh, Barvin in Hoppers Crossing. He wants to talk about the opening uh, dilemma for the Aussies. Hey, Barvin. <laughs> oh hi! Uh, Happy New Year. Okay? You too. Uh, yeah, I just want to have, yeah, uh, just want to have my uh, say about this uh, opening batting dilemma. Now, uh, as you guys discussed, you know that uh, 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 Cam Green, you know, he's on in the bench, you know, like he got injured, and then Mitch Marsh came in, and like you know, we all know, you know, that he's playing the best figure of his life at the moment. So, in my opinion, um, I think Mitch Marsh should be given an opportunity to open the batting for Australia. And this is how uh, Cam Green will make his way into the team again. And he and he's like, and I would see him as a, a future Australian captain, you know, like he's a great prospect. And at the moment, he's, he's sitting on the bench. So I think if Mitch Mars opened the inning and the good thing about Mitch Mars, you know, that he can bat at any position. So like he's already batting, opening the batting for Australia in like T20 and as well as the one day game. So I think he should be given and Opportunity okay, so, yeah, to open the okay, yep. okay, so I'll, I'll be Tony Dottermade and you can be who you are and you're in the selection meeting and we're getting ready for the test in the West Indies. I've got a couple of questions for you. Who's a better number six, Mitch Marsh or Cameron Green? Uh, I would say um, Mitch Marsh 
in this yep. team, current team, but if there was there is no Warner in the team, then I would say uh, yep. Ken Green would be the best play, batsman to get at number six. That, so you think he's a better number six than the Mitch Marsh? Uh, uh, like what I what I'm trying to say is Mitch Marsh can batting at any position. He's already batting at. Uh, like he's already opened open the inning for Australia in one day in T20. So totally why not giving him an opportunity? Yeah, yeah I, I, I th- completely agree. But it's worth yeah. trying, you know. I would say. Yeah, yeah look, uh, and again, it, like it's one of those. What things, are the other options? Yeah. So yeah. well, the, it's one of those things is that Mitch Marsh has finally made it at Test cricket, yeah. and he's doing it at number six. He's been the best player of the series. Um, I wouldn't change something that's working so well for Australia that, and, and for Mitch Marsh. And Mitch Marsh doesn't want to open. Mm. So I just say, right, that's one, that's one position we don't need to change. Don't it, rob Mitch it, to mm. pay Pat. Is that what that's you're sort right. of saying? So oh, you yeah. just leave him there. And, and if, if Cam Green needs to bide his time for a little bit longer because he is young, um, then that's mm. what has to happen right. because I wouldn't be changing Mitch Marsh for, in that position at all. Um, and I think I think it's uh, for me. I'm saying, if I'm Tony Dottomate or if I'm George Bailey, yep. I'm picking up the phone and yep. I'm ringing Marcus Harris and I'm saying to Marcus, right, Marcus, you have been the mm. man in the wings for the last two years. You were unlucky to get dropped last time. You have got four mm. Test matches. You've got the two against the West Indies. You've then got the two against New Zealand. Prove to us and prove to yourself that you are our best bet as the opening batsman to replace David Warner. You've got four test matches. Show us. You've wanted the opportunity. Yeah, you haven't been able to get yeah. it. Now you've got it. Show us yeah. that you are the next best. Yeah, but my point is, is uh, Marcus Harris better than Cam Green? Like Cam Green can <laughs> ball. He's an excellent fielder, gully fielder, as well as yeah. he, can, he can ball as well. He can bat too. And he's an excellent fielder. So he's, yeah, if you weigh the well, options, you know, like Cam Green and Marcus Harris, yeah. Yeah, I'll, and, I, and I, I, would argue, <laughs> I would say that Marcus Harris is the better option because he does it. He's done it for Australia. He's done it for his state. He's got 28 first-class centuries as an opening batsman. So I, I, I'm trusting that over what Cam Green might be able to do. Anyway, it's almost like a guest. It is. To uh, Bob and uh, thank you so much for your call. Uh, much appreciated. Now, my observation about Mitch Marsh. Yes. Watching him bat on uh, day one. He's got bigger. The bison's got bigger. Yeah, I think he's he, a mountain he is. of a man. But you know how some people look bigger on TV than they do in real life? <laughs> does he? No, I reckon he's the other way around. I don't think he looks as big when you interview him as he does on TV. Yeah, right. God, he looked like he was. No, he, he's he, huge. I thought I thought a very similar thing. Even mm. when he's running around in the field, he almost looks too big. Mm. Hey, just one more on the opening situation. We'll give you a sports update in a minute, thanks to the spirit of Tasmania. Um, is the scoring rate? come into it when it comes to who the next Australian Open? Because well, we've been lucky for 20 years now. Your great mate, Matty Hayden, and then uh, David Warner <laughs> really get that. They tick it over where yeah. Cam Bancroft doesn't. No, is that's that, right. Does that come no, into it? It does. It absolutely does. Because if you look at Usman Kawaja, who strikes at under 15 test cricket, that's okay when you've got David Warner striking at 75. That's right. Yeah. So if you were to go with Cameron Bancroft to open the batting with Usman Kawaja. You've got one that's striking mid-30s, low-30s in Bancroft and Kawaja sort of mid-40s with Labashane coming in at three. So I think in an ideal world, and it never really is an ideal world, you'd want someone comparable mm. to Warner striking the ball um, to be able to set up that ability to get 100 runs in the first session of a test match mm. to get the momentum rolling. Marcus Harris 
is the best of that. I was going to say he's Ren the Sean quickest Bancroft, but of those he's, three. But he's he's not no. seventy. No. Um, but I think he has the capacity to probably go at sixty. Mm. Yeah, um, but I, I think that's absolutely a consideration. Mm. A few off the uh, text machine. Uh, I would argue Marcus Harris doesn't just get picked because he's Victorian. Whitey Green is much <laughs> more valuable than Harris. Long term, uh, maybe. Mm. G'day, boys. Great cricket discussion. I might sound like a dinosaur, but when did the comment, oh, that's the way he plays, become acceptable? Dig in when it gets tough has Correct. disappeared, says Craigo in uh, Adelaide. Um, Bancroft has batted on batter-friendly decks while Marcus Harris has batted on minefield, spoken like a true ex-Victorian media manager. <laughs> <laughs> they are not picking Harris to head of Bancroft, uh, says Colo. Uh, just a quick sports update. Thanks to the Spirit of Tassie. Stretch out in freedom on board of Spirit of Tassie. Free from luggage limits. You can pack more in your adventure with the spirit of Tasman. I was watching the match between South, South Africa and India last night. Yeah. Extraordinary test match, as you mentioned. Just 642 balls were delivered in the entire match. Aiden Markram, that's one of the great hundreds. 106 so, off 103 on a minefield. So Aiden Markram was the man that South Africa didn't pick <laughs> last time they came out <laughs> last summer to play. Cricket does some strange they, selection they, they, stories. They, they do. Has Wiswan not playing the first test? Yeah, that's another one. Travis Head getting dropped for the first test in India. So uh, in the end, uh, India got their six for 61, thanks to Jasper Boomer and uh, the Renegade. God, they're frustrating to watch the Renegades. Uh, Got done last night by the Hobart Hurricanes. That's actually quite a significant story. For the team that they were on paper going Pretty good on paper. It is. And now they've lost to Cock for the rest of the season. Um, You know, Finch... I'm not even sure whether he'll get back and play. Yep. Maybe he'll get back to play one more, but there's still a lot of talent in that team. Yep. They they can't be not winning a game. No, underperforming. Uh, let's get a break away. Uh, a bit more uh, sports headlines to come after the break. You can join the conversation as well. one 736 736 after an extraordinary day three of the third test between Australia and Pakistan. This is Sports Day for Kia. Epic has arrived. The all-electric Kia EV9 and Maccas. The Chicken Big Mac is back at Maccas. Sports Day for McDonald's. The Tim Tam McFlurry is back at Macca's. Now available with rich chocolate soft serve. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. This is Sports Day. Just about out of time. Let's get to Billy in Ascot Vale. Wants to talk about the Renegades. Hey, Billy? Yeah, evening, Jets. Just quickly, Jets. Um... Sutherland, why isn't he utilised more for the Renegades? He always seems to come in when there's only between one and three overs left, and he's a really big hitter, and I think he can win them games, but he always seems to come in when there's not many balls left. Oh, they don't use him higher up. You sing into the choir. Yeah, it frustrates a lot of people, and I think it's just purely the simple fact that they've got five openers in their top six and John O'Wells, and they feel they need to bat those guys before they bat um, Will. So... I think they need to be more versatile. I think they've got to find a way to get Sutherland out there, at least when the surge is on. But, um, look, I mean, everything is going wrong for the Renegades, so why not completely change yeah. it up and get him opening the batting mm. or do something different to try and get a bit of a, a circuit breaker? Um, I just wanted to mention Laurie Evans, um, the Scorchers are batting first. So uh, if you're near a TV or on SEN shortly, we yeah. can uh, get a bit of uh, Perth action. He's such a good cricketer. Oh, but not, not, only, not only does he hit the ball really well, but he's a great thinker of the game. Mm. I was lucky enough to spend some time with him in Perth okay. yep. um, in the last test. Uh, he was just so good to just listen to about cricket and the, his views and philosophies on the game. Um, they say in England that he's one of the deepest thinkers okay. of the game of over anybody. Wow. Um, 
so he's not just someone that goes out and slogs. Sometimes, you know, they are just guys that just that's right. No, but others mm. can actually see the game so well that it helps them be able to, you know, clear the fences. So it's the Strikers v Scorchers, our BBL Nation tonight. Quick sports update thanks to Tire Power. Hot summer sale now on your local Tire Power. Hot summer sale. Get four for the price of three on Kumo Ties. I know you love lead up tennis events, oh. it's one of your real passions. It's like the uh, Wizard Cup, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Ricky Hitchikata getting destroyed by Grigor Dimitrov in the quarterfinals up in Brisbane. 6 1, he lost the first set. Uh, 2 1 down in the second. Holger Rune, the number one seed, defeated James Duckworth. 6 2 7 6. Later on, it's Rafa Nadal versus Jordan Thompson. And at the good. United Cup, uh, it's uh, Germany v Greece to play Australia in the semi finals. So we're getting all warmed up for the main game. Of course, the Australian Open starting Sunday week here in Melbourne. Whitey, it's been good fun. Didn't get any Spurs or any Essendon in the first hour. We'll do it the second hour. Let's let's open the lines. I'm a bit nervous about this FA Cup game, to be honest. (laughs) Plenty more coming up after the break.